0: You're listening to the LMC Radio Network Broadcasting out of Forestville, California On the World Wide Web at LuckyMojo.com
1: Give me a go, no, go for launch Booster Go Retro Go Vital We're go flight Guidance Guidance, go Surgeon Go flight Ecom We're go flight GNC We're go Tell me Go Control Go flight Procedures. Go. INCO. Go. FAO. We are Go. Network. Go. Recovery. Go. Capcom. We're Go Flight. Launch Control, this is Houston. We are Go for Launch. To help school you
3: so no one can fool you. Brought to you by the good folks at the Lucky Mojo Curio
1: Company in beautiful Forestville, California, and online
3: at LuckyMojo.com. So now, without further ado, here's Professor
2: Porterfield.
3: Good evening to you, one and all. I am Professor Charles Porterfield, and hoodoo is my business. Well, welcome once again to the Now You Know Show. (laughs) You know, I talked with you all exactly
0: seven days ago. That's right, folks. It was only seven days ago. (laughs) Thursday, the 19th of January, 2017. Or as we like to call it, (laughs) the Old Republic. Welcome to New America. And what a fantastic, fun, amazing, and fretful time it has been. In the last seven goddamn days. You know, from time to time here on the Now You Know Show, we set aside our normal sort of doing things and have a kind of a special show
3: where we talk about uh,
0: all sorts of different things. We've done it because of mass shootings, disasters, plagues, and other events. I just gotta tell you, well, I'm getting really damn tired. Of having to do special shows. But we're going to have one tonight. That's right, folks. We're going to be talking exclusively, except for near the end of the show, about what's been going on here in America because we've got letters. (laughs) That's right. We've got tons and tons of letters, and people have been asking for all sorts of things to be spoken about. And baby, we're going to speak about them. So. We're going to have some, uh, different sort of things going on in the show, but at the end, we're going to wrap it up by talking about Rabbit's Feet.
3: Oh, yeah.
0: In the meantime, though, don't you fret it, and don't you sweat it, because we're going to go over to the newsroom. Oh, that's right. We're going to be going into the newsroom. And we called him. I know we called him, and I know, you know, we shouldn't do this, but, uh... I've got an important announcement to make. On Wednesday, that's yesterday, of this week, with all the political brouhaha that's been going on, uh, we put a special call in, and we asked a special man if he wanted to come back and do the news for the next four years. And he said that he'd do it. So ladies and gentlemen, I give you the one, the only, Phil
3: patchy Fogg with the news. Good evening. Today is Thursday, January 26th, the 26th day of 2017. And 7th day of the Trump administration there are 53 days until spring begins 339 days left in the year and three years and 358 days left of the Trump administration the 27th and 28th will be auspicious days to cut firewood possibly to make Posts for protest signs, mow to increase growth, possibly to grow hay to feed horses that you'll need after gas is too expensive to buy, castrate farm animals, dig holes possibly to hide uh, goods and services in, wean potty-train children in preparation of teaching them how to run or walk, paint, host a party, and kill plant pests. The 27th through the 28th will also be a good time for evening fishing. It will also be an excellent time to kill plant pests and do plowing, but poor for planting. Today's highlight in history comes to us from this date in 1942, when the first American expeditionary force to head to Europe during World War II arrived in Belfast, Northern Ireland. On this date in 1784, in a letter to his daughter Sarah, Benjamin Franklin expressed unhappiness over the choice of the bald eagle as the symbol of America and stated his own press preference that being the turkey little did Benjamin Franklin know eventually one would end up in office in 1788 the first European settlers in Australia led by Captain Arthur Philip landed in present-day Sydney in 1837 Michigan became the 26th state. In 1870, Virginia rejoined the Union. In 1915, President Woodrow Wilson signed the Rocky Mountain National Park Act, which created America's 10th national park and began a system of national park caretakers who would someday be the only people to stand up against A corrupt government In 1939 During the Spanish Civil War Rebel forces led By Generalissimo Francisco Franco Captured Barcelona In 1950 India officially proclaimed Itself a republic As Rajendra Parsad Took the oath of office as president In 1962 The United States launched Ranger 3 land scientific instruments on the moon, but the probe ended up missing its target by more than 22,000 miles. And finally, in 1988, Australians celebrated the 200th anniversary of their country as a grand parade of tall ships reenacted the voyage of the first European settlers. And in an unrelated note, the Andrew Lloyd Webber musical, Phantom of the Opera, opened at Broadway's Majestic Theater. Today's LMC birthday greetings go out to actress Anne Jeffries, who's 94. Cartoonist Jules Pfeiffer is 88. Sportscaster and actor Bob Eucher is 82. Actor Scott Glenn, 78. Singer Gene Knight, 74. Activist Angela Davies, 73. Actor Richard Portnow, 70. Rock musician Corky Lang of Mountain is 69. Actor David Strathairn is 68. Rock singer-musician Eddie Van Halen, 62. Reggae musician Norman Hassan of UB40, 59. Actress-comedian talk show host Ellen DeGeneres, 59. And the Great One. Hockey Hall of Famer Wayne Gretzky is 56. Our thought for the day comes from German poet, dramatist, and author Johann Wolfgang von Goethe, born 1749, died 1832, who said, quote, Thinking is easy, acting is difficult, and to put one's thoughts into action is the most difficult thing in the world. This has been the news read by Patchy Fog for the next four years. The LMC Radio Newsroom. We now send you over to Professor Porterfield and the lucky number.
4: Lucky number. Oh, dreaming of lucky number. Hoping that those lucky numbers yeah. will show for me. Numbers only show for you and me. Superstitious. Or even make me suspicious. Table with 13 dishes if will make me make May you please. That's mommy, yeah? Yeah, man. Well, oh, okay. Gracie. Put my trunk in group of ducks. Cause you know some days may bring you a seven. or oh, maybe a lucky 11. Oh, thank you, the heaven. Lucky number for me, yeah.
0: Oh, yes. And we want to stop for a moment and say, thanks, Patchy. Thanks for coming
3: back. We
0: appreciate it.
3: But we need not just trust in goof or dust Because even in the midst of all of this There
0: is still luck about And this week's lucky numbers come to you as they do Each and every week from ProfessorPorterfield.com With the brand new booking system Why not stop on by and check it out And they are 9 11 22. Thirty seven, forty two, and fifty one. Once again, those numbers are nine, eleven, twenty two, thirty seven, forty two, and fifty one. Let me tell you that last week's numbers were very quiet numbers, and I advised you not to do any bragging on those numbers. This week's numbers are highly structured numbers. These are almost stodgy numbers. These are very grounded numbers, and they are not well suited to having odd numbers bet with them. These are numbers you want to bet even sums, you want to bet full sums, And you don't want to bet partial pieces on. So if you are in a situation where you can bet on numbers and those bets on numbers don't have to be whole numbers, you want them to be whole numbers anyway. Also, These numbers should not be bet in extreme risk because these numbers, again, are very grounded numbers. These are good numbers to bet where you're looking to get money for solid, needed things. This week's lucky three-digit numbers are 119, that's 119, 375, that's 375. And 616, that's 616. Right now, currently, 375 is holding most of the luck. It's the hottest number until late Sunday, early Monday, at which point in time 616 will become the more present number. And then rounding out the week towards next Thursday, 119 will hold sway Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday. That's when it will be its luckiest. The card of the week is the Queen of Diamonds, the Mistress, a sensual, sexual woman. This influence on this week is one of amorous, sexual, and sensual feelings. However, those feelings begin to mount in feelings of physical completion and a stirring and renewal of life. This is a good week for love affairs, illicit meetings and gatherings, sensual times, but also an excellent week because of those stirrings of life and completion for protest. I kid you not. This is a good week for organization and protest where one steps out of the norm to combat what is being asked to become the norm. However, here's a strong warning this week not to let debauchery lead to destruction or harm. Remember, our week runs Thursday to Thursday, so check in with the Now You Know show to get the numbers and cards when they first come out. Till then, good luck to you all. Up next from the First and Second Baptist Church of Quimby, Texas, our own Miss Loretta. Take it easy with her this week, folks. She's a little nervous in Cooking with Miss Loretta. Sweet
4: Loretta Martin thought she was a woman, but she was another man. All the girls around me say she's got it coming, but she gets it she's
5: Loretta here, and the professor is right. I am just as nervous as a cat this week, and I have to tell you why. Um, I've gotten letters this week, and although I have gotten a couple of letters in the past, I'm just shocked and amazed and very, very flattered and more than a little frightened by how many letters I got this week. Because, as you know, last week I talked about how my husband Fred and I were going to go down to Austin uh, for the Women's March there on the weekend. And I gave you all a recipe for your crock pot so that you could have something quick and easy if you were going out to go on a march or go on a protest. And, well, I I don't know quite what to say, but I have gotten a whole lot of letters this week asking me more about that. And I have been asked by a couple of people, I want to thank Tammy, and I want to thank Nick, and I want to thank uh, Agnes, and I want to thank Mary Beth for all asking me these questions one way or another. And so the question has been this, Miss Loretta, we feel like we're going to have to be doing these sorts of things for four long years. What can we do to keep feeding our families, et cetera? So um, I didn't know what to do. So I went to Fred and I said, what am I going to do? And he said, well, honey, just, just tell them how lucky they are. And I said, what do you mean? And they said, well, you just, you know, You're just the gal for it. You're the queen of the crock pot and you're just the darling of the tailgate party. So tell them what they need to know. And I started thinking about that and I realized he was right. So, what I'm going to do is I'm going to take all my years of experience cooking in crock pots and doing tailgate parties because we did tailgate parties for my kids. I have two girls and a boy. And my girls were both cheerleaders. My boy was in the football team. And then later on, one of my girls was in band. And so we went everywhere. And we went to all their games and we went to all that stuff. And we had tailgate parties. If you don't know, tailgate party is, that's where you go to go to the football game or the baseball game or whatever and out in the parking lot where you have your truck or your car, primarily your truck. You put down the tailgate, the back <laughs> the back of your truck, and you set stuff up there, and you cook out, okay, you cook out in the parking lot and there are a lot of different kind of considerations about that, and so what I'm gonna do is I'm gonna start trying to bring you stuff from that experience in relationship to going out to protest because the thing that struck me. When I was out there, is that there was not a lot of food. People were not eating well, and we had a lot of people who weren't uh, doing very well in terms of that. We had some people who had um, hypoglycemia um, and some other issues, and we had some older folks, and people didn't seem to quite know how to do that. So what we're going to do is we're going to talk about that. And then I'm going to give you, rather than a big meal uh, tonight, I'm going to give you just a a cute little side. So I want to talk to you about three things today. I want to talk to you about uh, solar ovens, bun bags, and hay box. Start talking to you about hay box ovens. And a lot of you probably have no idea what a hay box oven is Although some of you may. And if you do, I'm so proud of you that you know what a hay box oven is. A hay box oven is a wooden box that's filled with hay. And it's primarily um, kept in there with canvas. Okay. It doesn't have to be. It's basically just packed. Super, super packed with hay. And in the middle of this box, you form an area to put in a Dutch oven. And what you've done beforehand is maybe you're cooking beans or rice or a stew or something like that, and you start your Dutch oven cooking. You bring it up to heat on your stove. My grandma used to do this. She had an old wood-burning stove, and uh, it was real old. (laughs) And anyway, you get that Dutch oven up to heat, liquid in it and it has your other food which again should be something like a rice or beans or something that takes a good deal of time to cook all the way through or meat for your stew you take it off of heat you wrap it up in a towel or in canvas or cloth and you put it in this box that's filled with hay and the hay holds the heat in this box up and you take it with you it has a covering that goes on it and you take it with you and so what happens is all the heat has been trapped and the dutch oven keeps cooking you see nowadays they sell products for just this they sell products that go on your stove that have little locks on them that seal in the heat that they call it thermos cooking they call it a lot of different things And a lot of people don't use hay anymore. They use towels. Just regular, like, you know, the kids always collected a lot of beach towels. I have no reason to understand why my children had so many beach towels, because we don't live next to the ocean or anything, but my children had more gosh darn beach towels than they had anything, clothes. And so I started making one of these out of all those towels, and I would put them together so Think about that. You can start something cooking and then put it into a hay box oven and take it with you. See? And it'll be still be cooking away back there because the heat's trapped. There's another product that's like that that's called Wonder Bag. And if you just go out on the Internet and type in Wonder Bag, it's one word, you'll find that product. It was originally invented by a lady from South Africa. And she invented it for exactly this same purpose, that you could take something that's cooking and put it into this wonder bag, as she calls it, and then carry that bag with you without burning yourself. And you could go places, you could go if you had to walk or if you had to travel, and you knew you were going to be hours and hours away. And the wonder bag so held the heat in that the food kept cooking inside the pot. And then finally, I also want to talk to you about a solar oven. Solar ovens are very good. I have one, and I like to play with it a lot, but people say, oh, you know, solar ovens, it has to be very sunny, it has to be warm weather. That's not necessarily true. You can cook a solar oven in the oven, but you'll find that a solar oven will work even better in the snow because of all the reflected light anyway, a solar oven is just an enclosed oven. It's often made of wood or a plastic, and it has a clear covering. Some of them have a mirrored or silver surface that goes around them. It directs sunlight into the oven, which then cooks the food. Now, because of that, you have to use, you have to use um, a different kind of cooking utensils inside your solar oven. You have to use enameled pots, and I like to use black enameled pots uh, in mine. Uh, The black enamel is better than anything else because it gathers the heat and helps hold the heat. Don't use white enamel. It'll reflect the heat away. Another thing you need to know about solar cooking is this. You lose no moisture when you're using a solar oven, so you're going to have to plan out for that. If you had a pot And you just put a regular old chicken in there, covered it up, put it in a solar oven, stuck the solar oven out in the sun. When you come back, what you've got is a cooked chicken and a pot about half full of liquid. You don't lose any of it to steam. It doesn't go away. And we don't realize how much liquid we lose from our food when we cook on the stovetop or even in our own ovens. But if you think about it, if you wear glasses like me, haven't you ever, ever opened the oven up and had so much steam come out of it that it fogged up your glasses? So we're losing liquid out of our food constantly, but in a solar oven we don't, so you have to think about that. You're going to have that left over, and you're also going to find it very difficult to season your food with a solar oven because nothing escapes. So everything you put in there, you say, oh, this is how much pepper I like. Well, you don't realize how much that pepper goes away while you're cooking because of the loss of water. So you put that much pepper in with solar cooking, you're going to come back and try to eat it. and You're going to go, oh, Lord, no. It's like eating a handful of pepper. So I advise you when you first start out, if you get a solar oven, cook without seasoning your food at all and you will actually find the food very flavorful, much more than you are used to. I would also like to tell you that a lot of the manufacturers of solar ovens and the manufacturer of Wonder Bag take money from the sales of their product to use for people who are in risk throughout the world because of environmental matters and other things. So you can actually get your little tool to help you and it's helping somebody else at the same time. So next week, I'll talk a little bit about taking small grills and little hibachis and things like that. I didn't want to start off talking about that because the thing you got to remember is when you're going out to march and protest, they're always looking for a reason to do something to you. They're always looking for a reason to grab you, to shut you down, to arrest you. And so even a regular old, you know, oh, they let you do it at the football game, but they're not going to let you do it today, okay? So I started out with a hay box oven, a solar oven, and a wonder bag so that you can't get caught that way, and yet you can take warm, hot, delicious food with you. To that end, I'm going to give you today slow cooker, cheesy bacon ranch potatoes. This makes uh, servings. It's prep time is 15 minutes um, with some pre-cooked time we'll get to that in just a minute and uh, uh, its total time is 8 hours 15 minutes or 8 hours and 30 minutes all told and this is a side rather than a regular dish which I normally bring you your ingredients that you're going to need for this now are six slices of bacon Three pounds of red potatoes, chopped. One and one-half cups of shredded cheddar cheese, divided. One tablespoon of ranch seasoning and salad dressing mix. Or more to taste, if you like. And two tablespoons of chopped chives. So it's very easy, very, very light on ingredients. Doesn't take too much here to cook this what you're going to do is first preheat your oven that's right your oven to 400 degrees and line a baking sheet with aluminum foil then spread bacon in a single layer onto the baking sheet and put it in your oven and bake until the bacon is brown and crispy going to take 12 to 14 minutes then take her out of the oven set it aside let it cool all right and uh and then crumble up your bacon after uh it's it's all cool because you don't i have been in a rush before thanksgiving and other times and (laughs) That old bacon, I go, Oh, I gotta crumble it up right now, and it's still hot. <laughs> I end up burning my dang fingers. I'm sitting there. Ah, 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 ah. All the kids are like, Mama, have you gone out your mind? I'm like, Well, n- no, but I'm about to if y'all keep meddling with me. Now, then you're gonna do something and we haven't talked about doing this before. You're going to line your crock pot, your slow cooker with aluminum foil leaving enough to overhang to wrap the potatoes on top so you're going to leave enough overhang of aluminum that you can fold it back over okay and then you're going to coat that aluminum foil with a nonstick spray we haven't talked about doing this before but this is something that is Gonna come up again. See, so you might as well learn how to do it now. My youngest daughter, whenever I would do this when she was little, she said I was putting a diaper. She said, "Are you giving the crock pot a diaper?" And I'd say, "Yeah, we're gonna put a diaper in the crock pot." But you're doing this because you can act. The aluminum foil will conduct all the heat of your crock pot. All right. So then you will place a layer of potatoes evenly into the slow cooker, top them with cheese, the ranch seasoning. This is the powdered, not the liquid, powdered seasoning, and your crumpled up bacon. And then you'll repeat that step two more times, keeping aside one-half a cup of cheese. So you're just layering this. A layer of potatoes, cheese, ranch seasoning, crumpled up bacon, layer of potatoes, cheese again and again then you'll cover the potatoes over with the leftover aluminum foil and then cover up your crock pot and cook on low heat for seven to eight hours or high heat for three to four hours or until the potatoes are tender okay now after that sprinkle All that with the remaining one-half cup of cheese, cover, and cook until it's melted. That takes about a minute to two to three minutes only. And then serve it immediately, garnished with your chives. It makes an excellent little side dish. It makes a nice little snack. You could put it in a little paper boat and take it with you and eat it with a plastic fork. So I hope that you get some good times out of that. Next week, we'll be talking about more cooking in the field, I guess I was going to call it. We don't have an official name for it. And I hope that that all helps you out, all you sweet, dear people who wrote in, particularly you, Mary Beth. And I'll see you next week. Now we turn you over to Professor Porterfield and the pontification.
0: All right. Thank you. Uh... Miss Loretta. that sounded like an excellent recipe. i I'm actually pretty hungry for that right now. I wish we had some of that in the sometimes when Miss Loretta makes stuff, she sends it to us. Uh, meaning she brings it to us. she brings it and we have it in the rec room. like she's gonna talk about whatever and she's brought it in that day. and we didn't get these today, but i'm I'm really I'm really wanting that right now. Up next, this week the pontification is going to be a little different. We're going to be talking about what's been going on in this first week and a few other things. We might even take callers if there's a desire for that. We're going to talk it out. We're not going to have a what we do section. We will have our in the kitchen section. So we're just going to be talking about uh, what do we do now? What do we
3: do now? This is going To everybody that voted for Trump
1: On her way to work one morning down the path alongside the lake tender hearted a woman saw a poor half frozen snake his pretty colored skin had been all frosted with a dew oh well she cried i'll take you in and i'll take care of you take me in oh tender woman take me in for heaven's sake take me Fall cozy in a curvature of silk and then laid him by the fireside with some honey and some milk. Now she hurried home from her work that night as soon as she arrived. She found that pretty snake she'd taken me in, had been revived. Take me in, oh tender woman, take me in for heaven's sake. Take me in, tender woman,
4: the snake To her bosom. You're so beautiful She cried But if I hadn't Brought you in By now you
1: might have died Now she stroked His pretty skin again And then kissed and held him tight But instead of Saying thanks That snake gave her a vicious bite Take me in Oh tender woman Take me in Yes. For heaven's sake,
0: you know Uh, two weeks back we were still doing brownies and we had a request uh, that the brownies were getting a little fattening so we went to deviled eggs and cookies Um, this week and for a while what we're going to be doing is macaroons that's right macaroons that's right macaroons and cookies macaroons and cookies so if you get part of the answer you get a macaroon if you get the whole answer. You get a cookie, okay? And you can conceivably do both. Let me give you an example. Miss Aida gets one cookie and one macaroon. She gets one cookie because she said (laughs) the name of the song and the artist first to do it. She gets a macaroon because she named the song first. However, Candelo Cambisa named the artist first, so he gets a macaroon. Miss Aida said, "The snake, macaroon." Candela said, "Al Wilson, macaroon." Then, Candela, then Miss Aida said, then Miss Aida said, "Al Wilson, the snake." So she gets the cookie. There it was, and that was, in fact, Al Wilson with the snake. You knew I was a snake when you took me in. And that's what's happening right now. Welcome once again to New America. Amazing things have happened in the last seven days. And let me tell you that I have been inundated with letters. Not just Miss Loretta. Oh, no, Miss Loretta has been getting letters. Poor thing. She was nervous as a cat, as she said, that she got all those letters. But they've been flooding in here, too. And so we're going to try to deal with those letters. So um, we were asked by Dana, or it might be Donna. I I forgive me, Uh, Donna or Dana, Dana asked, uh, she said in a letter to us, but what I really want to know from a magic view is how will we survive this? Why are some people insisting on being blind? Yes, I think that they are Willingly making that choice. What do we do? Then we were asked by Kylie. Kylie gave us the name of our uh, name. It uh, of our pontification this week. Kylie said, "What do we do now? What do we do now?" Um, and many, many others. Some who did not wish to be quoted. Some who were anonymous, etc. But. Uh, Hey, Candelo doesn't know what a macaroon is. How the hell can someone call you a Zadie and you don't know what a macaroon is? Somebody mail that man a macaroon. Um, This is on everyone's lips. What do we do now? Well, I have to tell you that
3: what a, what a, what a ride. What a ride, man. Seriously, I mean, holy smokes, I, wow,
0: I mean, it was the 20th, today is the 26th, okay, I mean, six days, pal, first of all, let me tell you something, if you did not listen to this week's In the Street with Beverly Smith, right here on the LMC Radio Network, do yourself a favor and go and listen to that show In the archives You will not be sorry you did She lays out Bare-faced and bald-headed What has happened in the first Five days The first five days Of Trump's administration
3: And the next day it was even More (laughs)
0: Impressive Okay, telling you I have never seen this sort of Shit in my life Oh, I've read about it in history books. It's normally followed by pictures of ruined cities and people on fire. Okay, We have had a tremendous set of things happening. Now,
5: inevitably in a political political discussion, someone says, well, aren't you just being an extremist? I mean, aren't you just exaggerating? Is it really that bad? Oh, your side always has that way. Oh, you always say blah, blah, blah. No, pal, I wish.
0: Man, like I'm, I, I totally wish I lived in America
5: where you know
3: Donald Trump had stubbed his toe and we were all going the asshole stubbed his toe, toe stubbing asshole. You know, I, I wish, I wish he had choked
0: slightly on a potato chip and then coughed it up like George Bush did, so we could all go oh I am potato chip eating motherfucker. No, I, you know, I really do. I real, I mean, I'm being honest with you. I wish, I pray that basically nothing had happened. You know, okay, but we've had a lot of things happen. Now, whatever side of the political spectrum you're on, I have to tell you that we have had some odd and unusual things transpire. Sorry about that, we had technical difficulty here. We have had some very strange things. We have had uh, divisions of the government in open revolt. Uh, you may think that's not correct. You may think that I'm I'm being uh, dramatic. I I am not. I am not being dramatic. I would cite to you that the state department's entire senior administrative team resigned today. That is the entire senior administrative team of the state department up and resigned. They just They just said we're out. We're not going to do this. We're gone. Okay? Now, again, we all have different places on a kind of political compass. Some of us feel this is the answer. Some of us feel that is the answer, et cetera, et cetera. All right. That's fair. Okay? Okay? That's fair. There's supposed to be nuance. We live in America. We're supposed to see differences. We're supposed to see separate ideas, but we are living in a time. I'm sorry, ladies and gentlemen, we're having some minor technical difficulties here and we're going to see if we can address them as quickly as possible. Um, In the meantime, we're going to go to a little bit of music. Apologize for that. Once again, we just, you know, have a a normal problems sometimes here uh, with blog talk, a few other little things. Luckily, we had a little piece of music scheduled there and we could just fill it in. Let's get down to it. We have seen occurrences in the last six days That are beyond the pale, that are absolutely outside of the normal course of American politics. We have a president who is apparently going nuts, all right? We have had gag orders placed on divisions of the government, we've had funding cut, we have had lots of things happen, and they are unusual and dramatic things. We also have perhaps one of the leakiest, leakiest White Houses to ever exist, and the leaks are growing, and what the leaks are telling us is not good. What the leaks are showing us is an individual all right, who is petulant, petty, obsessed with the opinion of others, argumentative. Combative. A man who has to have his staffers tell him to not watch television. I'm sorry, Mr. President, we need to not watch television right now. Resistant to them, who goes, quote, from meeting to meeting, head down, eyes firmly affixed to Twitter as he tweets away. All right. A man who leaks suggested today may be looking at using the national, there's a national system, I don't know, you know, this as part of emergency preparedness. There is a nationwide system that allows the executive branch under auspices of FEMA, etc., to literally send messages to everyone in America. All right, like everybody will get, would get a beep-beep message. You might be familiar with this if you get Amber Alerts on your phone. It's somewhat similar to this. Leak today suggested that the current president of the United States would like access to that system. Let me say that again for your edification. He would like access to that system whereby he could send messages directly to all of us universally at once. On the same day that that leak came out, the head of the Senate Science Committee said in an open interview that the American public – should be getting their news directly from the president and not from the media. Let me say that again that we should be getting our news directly from the president, not the executive branch, the president and not the media. And Bannon, one of the president's chief advisors, you remember him, he's the nasty little anti Semite racist son of a bitch who started Brebart said in a phone interview today that the media was, quote, the opposition and the enemy and had to be dealt. The American people deserved to hear information first and foremost directly from the president, not filtered through the media. Those three facts together paint a chilling picture, a picture in which we could possibly have a situation in which the president of the United States just tweets us, and we can't get away from his tweets all the time, whenever he fonts it. All of our little phones, all of our little computers, all of our little messaging systems going, <laughs> it's the president, and the president wants you to know this. We've already had a man, same man, affect stock prices and the solvency of companies by his tweets. So this comes back to what do we do? What can we do? I have clients, this blends in very well with last week's pontification about positivity and action. I have clients that I have to tell all the time that we have to keep our feet rooted in both worlds. We have to keep a foot in the spiritual world. Absolutely. Absolutely. We need a foot in the spiritual world, and then we have to have a foot in the material world. I'll leave it at that and not pull a Yogi Berra and say, and then we have to have a third foot someplace else. We have to have one foot in the normal, material, everyday world and one foot in the spiritual. And in the last seven days, I have been inundated by this one question. Professor Porterfield, what do we do now? Professor P., what should we do? First of all, goddamn, that
3: that that weight was a lot heavier than I thought. Uh, let me see if I can answer you.
0: The first thing you have to do is not for a spiritual solution. You must immediately, A, make sure your ass can vote. Make sure others can vote. Get people registered. Go out there and get people registered. Together, start talking to people. Start considering writing magazines, newsletters, things, blogs, things to get information out. Retweet, relink, refollow, and send out the information as it comes out. We have divisions of the government in open defiance because they were told to keep their damn traps shut, and they're saying I won't. So you do your part and help them not keep their trap shut by re- sending their messages further out into the world. That's the first thing you can do. Make sure you're registered and help other people get registered. There are a lot of people who don't know how to get registered. There are a lot of people who are old, who are sick, who are infirm, who have kids, who have other duties, and they need a little bit of a helping hand getting registered. And on – the day of various elections, they need a little help getting to the polling stations, and some of them need a little help having a hot meal. Some of them need a little help, so that's the next thing you can do. At this point in time, we do, however, uh, and and by we, I mean the, uh, the LMC, the, the LMC radio network, have a – a a PSA for you. And it's a very important PSA. And I hope, I hope that you will listen to this PSA. It's a very, uh, very, very uh, important, very important. um, PSA. So let's just take a, a little listen to that.
3: Hello, ladies and gentlemen. This is Professor Porterfield
0: here on behalf of the LMC Radio Network. We're here to remind you over the next four years and hopefully into the future that threatening the president's life is a Class E felony. That's right, a Class E felony. This includes jokes, jibes, humor. Or vague suggestions, including suggestions that may threaten the president's life or well-being even by fictional characters. That's right, ladies and gentlemen. If you were to say, gosh, I hope Gandalf does something about etc., etc., that still counts as a threat against the president's life. Please be smart and don't get caught. There are ways to protest that don't break the law, although that may be changing. But in the meantime, rather than say, watch your mouth, I'll simply say, watch your back. Good luck. Okay, and that is a PSA from me (laughs) to you. Once again, threatening the president's life is a Class E felony. We don't need to do that. All right? Here's, again, what do we do now? What we do now is we give them as little excuse as possible. Now, by that I do not mean we fall in line. By that I do not mean that we lockstep. By that I do not mean we put our heads down and our shoulders level and we just do what we told. We don't give them extra opportunity. See what I'm saying? In other words, it's always been a classy felony to threaten the president's fucking life. It's against the goddamn law. It doesn't matter who the president is. Anybody that did that, that's against the law. Don't do that. What did Miss Loretta talk to you about? She said, hey, you might think about these passive ways of cooking hot food so you don't have an open flame. So somebody can't come in and pull some phony baloney shit on you about the fire marshal this or open flame that or, oh, you were going to try to set off a Molotov cocktail, which we know you weren't. You were trying to cook food, okay? But don't give them an excuse. Now, why do I say that? Why do I even bring that up? What the hell does that have to do with anything, Professor Porterfield? What that has to do with is this. When we go looking for spiritual ways of compatting this, because of how our magic works, we must be careful that we are not seen as threatening the life and well being of the president. Let me say that again. Threatening the life and well being of the president. If you go on social media and say, I'm lighting death onto my enemies, doom candles on the president left, right, and center. I'm doing every kind of magic I can so that the son of a bitch chokes on a fucking taquito and dies, dies, dies. You're a fucking idiot. Okay? You're a fucking idiot. Because what you've just done is publicly
5: threatened his well-being. Remember. Threats against the president can include fictional characters. If if
0: fictional characters can be taken as you know, if you say, oh, "I hope Gandalf kills the," pro-, all right, then and that'll get you slapped. That'll get you slapped with a, a class C felony. I guarantee you that saying, "I do magic," will as well. A lot of our magic involves powders. How many steps does it take before? That's, oh, it's anthrax, oh, it's it's, it's whatever, oh, see what I'm saying? Keep your goddamn mouth shut and watch your backs. All right? Don't be going out in public saying, I'm trying to kill the president with magic. That's the, don't do that. Because the man will come and knock on your door, probably in the middle of the night, and take you the fuck away. Okay, and the man would have come and knocked on your door and took you away if you
5: had threatened Obama that way. The only difference is that you might have gone free
0: after that. They might have like you know kept you for 24 hours and you know uh, looked down your throat and looked up your birth certificate and you know tried to see what the fuck was on with you when they realized, oh whatever your crank, whatever and they let you go and put you on some big massive list forever. But with Donnie J,
5: you might not come home.
0: All right. This motherfucker said today that he's all for waterboarding again. Again, they brought it up and he said, oh, yeah, we're going to we're going to waterboard the shit out of people. Now, John McCain, who I can never make up my mind if he's a rabid dog or a not rabid dog, said, no, we're not going to do that, Mr. President. Fuck you. So who knows where the fuck we are on any of this? OK, the point is, <laughs> be the fuck careful. Don't boast about this shit in public. Don't boast about this shit. If you're going to do spiritual work to the harm of the president, don't talk about it. Don't take pictures about it. Don't put it up the fuck on the goddamn social media. Don't do that. Next thing is you need to up your protection game. And when I say you need to up your protection game, I mean you need to up your protection game. Yes. Did did anybody else notice what Obama looked like when he left office? Remember what Obama looked like when he went in? Remember how smooth and cool and slick and chic and just goddamn good-looking Obama looked when he went in? And now he's a gray-haired motherfucker. Looks like he's had the burden of the world on his fucking shoulders. That's us. That's going to be us in four fucking years, and here's why. Okay? Because we have to – are you all listening to me? Do you all hear me? Seriously. It's not going to be good enough anymore to just protect me and mine, meaning yourself, your house. You're going to have to start protecting other people. You're going to have to start protecting those protesters in the street. You're going to have to start protecting those senators, congressmen, and members of the government and federal bureaus who break ranks. Let me ask you this. Right now, everybody's saying, what do we do spiritually? What do we do spiritually? What do we do with magic? What do we do with magic? What do we do? What do we do? What do we do? And I know you all are thinking about what curse do we do? How do we take him to the graveyard? How do we shut his mouth? How do we defy this and that? But have
5: any of you
0: thought, show of hands, about doing protection and safety work right now, today, for the leaks inside the White House? I mean seriously, even if you disagree with them politically, even if like they're dyed in the wool Republicans and like you would never vote for a candidate of theirs, even if you didn't even want to go and sit down and have dinner with them. Don't you think that the people who are leaking us the information that is so desperately needed right now that shows us the image of not only does the emperor not have any fucking clothes, the emperor's out of his fucking mind. Don't you think they need What do you think happens to them when they get caught? You think maybe it's just a firing? Okay, sure. Maybe they just get fired. Maybe they just get fired and slapped with a fine. Maybe they just get fired and slapped with a fine and put in prison. Maybe they just get slapped with a fine, put in prison, get fired, and disappear. Alright? We're 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 in some serious shit here, fit kiddies. Alright? We have gone out our damn minds in the last seven fucking days. I have never had as much bullshit thrown at me as I have in the last seven days. Let me tell you a true story that normally I don't talk about because it's nobody's business and I ain't here to sing no sad song. Since I started the Now You Know Show, I have received dozens and dozens of wicked communiques in the form of emails, uh, letters, uh, uh, this, that, uh, one, one or two phone calls, this, that, and the other thing. Okay. Uh, And they've been really shitty and really nasty and have threatened my life, have threatened the life of my family. I've been called everything under the sun, and I don't normally bring that up. And that having happened okay, for the last several years, the last six days, first of all, when he was elected, it went through the roof. He was elected, and all of a sudden, my letter bin started filling up with die, kike, die, you fucking kike, you goddamn hebe. Fuck you, you dirty, you this, that, and the other thing. Okay. Now, in the last six days after he was sworn in, it's off the fucking chart, people. Me, it's off the fucking chart. Now, am I trying to get you to feel sorry for me? No. No. What I'm saying to you is we've gone out our minds. These people are up in their game. Okay, I have been – people have been coming at me left, right, and center. People have actually suggested to me this week that punching a Nazi is just not good and that that hate never helps
5: and that we need to come to understand people and see their side of things. And we need to have a marketplace of ideas where all ideas,
0: including apparently Jenna fucking side, are welcome. And we need to hear out what other people have to say, apparently including that people need to be round up and slaughtered, okay? and that punching a Nazi is a bad thing. There's a little thing at the beginning of the show, and I hope you listen to it and the little thing at the beginning of the show each and every week says in this sort of husky female voice that the views and opinions expressed by professor porterfield are not necessarily those of the sponsor or the sponsor's affiliates and that being said i got to tell you that every time i'm told that i shouldn't punch a fucking okay, i i just feel that i have to channel i just have to channel the the spirit, just have to kind of, you know, channel the spirit of Jack King Kirby, and just punch a fucking Nazi. I'm just sorry. It's just where I'm coming from. It's just how I'm at. And there you go. Not talking about hunting anybody down. Not talking about burning anything in anybody's yards. I'm just saying, the last guy who said kike to my face got punched in the, got punched in the mouth. Okay, it's just the truth. You can ask my wife. Uh, You you can ask lots of people. They all kind of, oh my God. All right, so there you go. All right. This idea, and we've talked about this on the show before in the pontification this idea that all perspectives are equal, all ideas are equal, everything's okie smoky, everybody's perfect, everybody's okay to. To in any way, in any time, say that we are not comfortable with not allowing every single person at heinously, heinously wrong. And we've talked about that as being bullshit on this show before. I'm going to continue to say that's bullshit. That's 10 pounds of hogwash in a 5-pound fucking bag. It's bullshit. I'm sorry. I don't care. Well, you're prejudiced. You're Fucking right I am. Sign me up. Sign me up for prejudice against pedophiles. I am the biggest, most prejudiced, bigoted, cock-sucking asshole against pedophiles that you're ever going to fucking meet. Sign me up for being prejudiced against fucking Nazis. You bet. I'm prejudiced against Nazis. I'm prejudiced against the Klan. I'm prejudiced against white nationalists. I am prejudiced against genocidists. I am prejudiced against anyone that wants to kill groups of other people, no matter who they are. I'm prejudiced against misogynists. I'm prejudiced against all those motherfucking people. I'm prejudiced against people who are homophobic, which really it's not homophobia. You know, I mean, we all know what we're saying. That's me. I'm fucking a bigoted, prejudiced asshole against those sons of bitches. Was yesterday, and today, gonna be tomorrow why not come over here and join me we've got lemonade come the fuck on over here i'm prejudiced against those people i'm not gonna debate with them the free marketplace of ideas which is a incredibly important and valuable thing is not there
5: for us to sit down and go well now wait a minute maybe raping children is okay no, it's not. Fuck you. Well, now wait a minute. Maybe treating women like chattel property and r- raping them is okay. No, it's not. Fuck you. Well, maybe, maybe treating people of different colors and different ethnicities as animals and doing the most barbaric and heinous. No, fuck you. Let me just stop before you get any further. Well, maybe, maybe getting rid
0: of Jews. Is something, and let me just tell you something. Let me just stop right there before I say no, fuck you on that one. I am shocked and saddened by how many of y'all, some of y'all who's supposed to be my fucking friends, when the motherfucker says, well, maybe we need to get rid of the Jews, you go, well, now hold on a minute. Let's hear him out. Now you end up still saying he's wrong, but you spread that little moment. Like with me, all of a sudden you're like, well, no, well, you know, the Jews have no, fuck you. I'm not in for that either. Down with this. I'm not down with this. I'm a prejudiced asshole against these fucking people. Why don't you come and join me? What do we do now? We fight. And when I say we fight, I don't mean we get in the street and we're knocking people out. I mean we fight by every way we can. Every breath is a token of resistance. Everything we do. What we say, what we make, what we create, what we let out, what we take in is a form of resistance. Oh, it's so fucking exhausting, though. You're right. It is. Don't want to be exhausted? (laughs) Well, I don't think they're going to give you a chance. Okay? We're talking about millions of people dying. Millions of people because they don't have proper health care. We're talking about, listen, we've been through this. We've been through this. We've been here before. Been here before. You've got to resist. You have to resist with your words. You have to resist with your acts. You have to resist with your art. You have to resist with your magic. Okay? You have to. And not everything has to be burn, baby, burn, die in a fire. There are other ways. You can protect the people that are breaking ranks. You can do protection work for them. You can do protection work for the individual protesters. What about wisdom? What about King Solomon Wisdom? Listen, baby, as far as I'm concerned, I would like to put in an order right now. Uh, Since I am speaking on the uh, LMC radio network, I would like to put in an order with the sponsor for a 20-gallon drum of King Solomon Wisdom so I can just fucking pour that shit. OK, on I mean, my God, we need a fucking helicopter loaded, a crop duster, a balloon, something. All right. King Solomon wisdom. All right. Seriously, we need an increase in that. So what about using that essence of bend over? We need some of that essence of bend over. All right. We need all of this. Let me tell you the good news. You want to know what the good news is? No, by the way, it's not what a friend we have in Jesus, but apparently we do indeed have a friend in Jesus. But the good news is this. Hoodoo is fucking built for this shit. Let me say that again. Hoodoo is built for this shit. Are you oppressed? Are you being fucked over? Is there a class of people who are trying to set themselves up as masters and have chattel power over you? Guess what? Hoodoos, your fucking friend. All right? From the ground up. All right? Y'all going to think I'm crazy. In four years, you're going to see me, and you're going to be going, look at that crazy-ass gray-haired old motherfucker walking around with goddamn got like 800 amulets on his ass, got playing card in his hat, playing card in his boots, playing card in his goddamn gloves, wearing a goddamn Indian scent piece around his fucking neck, got a, uh, a buffalo uh, nickel around his wrist, got a fucking silver dime around his ankle, got a mirror, mirror shades the fuck on, got a goddamn cane with a snake as a fucking head. Y'all gonna think I'm fucking crazy. But guess what? I'm getting through this shit. I'm getting through this shit, and I'm not letting anybody grind my grandsons up. It ain't fucking happening. All right? It ain't happening. Now, I don't want to go anyplace, because we need to stand and fight. But if you think for a heartbeat my ass won't cross a border to save my grandson's lives, you live in a fucking fantasy world. I might cross that border, but there it is. We have got a president in office who in the last six days has done shit that no goddamn president has done. He has gone out of his mind. Okay? Seriously. You doubt me? You think I'm the only fucking one? You think it's just me? Oh, Professor Porterfield's on his high goddamn horse. Professor Porterfield's losing his mind. Goddamn libtard. These Democrats. Really? Because guess what, boys and girls? On January 26, 2017, oh, that's right. That's today. Okay. The atomic scientists in charge of the doomsday clock changed the time on it to the closest time to midnight in 64 goddamn years. It has not been this close to midnight since 1953, which marked the start of the nuclear arms race between the United States and the then-Soviet Union. Let me say that to you again. In 1953, (laughs) the, the, the doomsday clock was set because... It was such a dire and terrible t- time period because of the beginning of the nuclear arms race between between the United States and the Soviet Union. And and today's reset was the first since 2015. 2015. And when they when they do this, they release a little report, a statement why we did this. Okay? And They made a number of different statements. They said, well, it's because of this, because of uh, Chinese aid to Pakistan in the nuclear weapons field, um, uh, uh, problems with uh, South and North Korea. Uh, They cited a lot of different things in the bulletin. Um, And then they did something they don't normally do. They cited the influence of one individual. One individual. Openly hostile to progress towards even the most modest effects to avert catastrophic climate disruption and nuclear war. One individual. Can can you guess who it
5: was? Can you guess who it was? (laughs) It wasn't me.
3: No, 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 no. No, no.
0: Guess who it was? That's right. It was President of the United States, Donald Trump. J. Trump. In addition to nuclear weapons, etc., and catastrophic climate disruption, they also cited uh, cyber threats. Um, the uh, conclusion that the U.S. intelligence agencies had reached that Russia intervened in the presidential election to help Trump win. Uh, they said that raised the possibility of similar attacks on other democracies in the world and uh, etc. Et, et, et so they moved they moved the <laughs> they moved the goddamn hands of the clock forward. So we're now two minutes and thirty seconds to midnight. It was three minutes. Now we've lost thirty seconds.
5: So it, it kind of not kind of not me.
0: Right? Kind of not just me going. Oh,
5: oh it's the end of the world. It's ba 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 ba.
0: No, no, no. A lot, a lot of other people. A lot of other people are having problems here. All right. Apparently, the women's march agitated him badly, very, very badly. He was apparently beside himself, according to leaks. Now, I keep trying to bring this back to hoodoo because this is a hoodoo show. You know I'm not here. I'm not trying to get into uh I'm not trying to get into Beverly's business, but <laughs> politics is in my business, so here I'm left with it. You got what I'm talking about. so let's bring it around to hoodoo again for a moment. uh Rick Joyner,
5: do you know who Rick Joyner is?
0: You'd love him. Rick Joyner is a very famous well known right wing pastor and pundit. and Rick Joyner um, on the 23rd uh, said – he made a video, and in this video that he posted up to his Facebook page and other places, uh, he declared that the previous previous weekend's uh, Women's March on Washington was, and I quote, a blatant manifestation of the Jezebel spirit. <laughs> let me go over that with you one more time you you might you might have lost that the women's march on Washington now there were women's marches everywhere on uh, seven continents uh, but the one on Washington the one on Washington specifically I'm sure he felt this way about the others but he didn't say that so we're going to try to be fair and only credit the crazy man by his crazy words and what the crazy man said in his crazy words were that the women's march on washington was quote a blatant manifestation of the jezebel spirit end quote and he suggested that this was brought about because satan no less a figure no less a figure than satan master of lies, prince of darkness, king of hell, Satan, knows that he, meaning Satan, is about to be cast out of America thanks to the policies and actions and upcoming policies and actions of President Donald J. Trump. Well, first of all, I spoke with Troll Towelhead just yesterday. Uh, we had a lovely conversation. Um, we stayed on the phone for a, a little bit of time, oh, oh, awaiting Catherine Ironwood to meet with us, and we had a lovely conversation, a lovely time. And Troll Towelhead, the grand mufti of Satanism, did not once mention to me that Satan was feared. Of being kicked out of America, which I guess is a passport issue. I'm really not sure. Is that a visa thing? Anyway, uh, never mentioned it to me once. Never mentioned it to me once, and he'd know. Okay, there's a man in the know. This is a grand mufti. This is grand. You think a grand mufti doesn't know, right? So, again, I'm very confused about how that would take place. Um, Like. Uh, like is it a visa thing? Is Satan in America on a temporary like a work visa? Does he have diplomatic immunity do you know is there an embassy i I just don't know. Joyner went on to say that quote there was a meanness there was a rage in in the women who participated quote that was very. Unattractive. Oh, see, if women aren't attractive, then what do they do? Lamenting, he lamented that they were crude, okay, and that they said things and and had things written down on his on their placards and their protests that he had not heard while he served in the navy. Let me just stop there for a minute and say that my father served in the navy. I have a great uncle who served in the Merchant Marines, and my grandfather served in the Seabees. That's the construction battalion, which is also attached to the Navy. And if 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 Joyner didn't hear language in the Navy that was worse than that was on the signs and language being protested in the Women's March, I'm not sure what. Navy he was in, all right. I just don't know. Apparently this is some other navy that my grandfather, father, great uncle weren't the fuck in. Okay, Uh, some other navy. Anyway, that anyway he says that quote. While he was in the navy, he quote didn't see it as bad as what's coming out. of some of these women during that women's march in DC, end quote. The Jezebel spirit, he went on to explain, quote, is a spirit that seeks to seduce God's people into sexual immorality and into the worship of idols, end quote, and has managed to take over much of the nation in recent years, but is now flying into a rage as it realizes that its influence over the country is about to be lost. Why was there such a rage, he asked? He says, quote, I think it's because that Jezebel spirit is about to be thrown down in America, and I think much of the world, and it knows its time is short. As you see in the book of Revelations, whenever Satan is cast out of heaven, he comes to the earth with a great wrath. I think that's what's been going on here, too. And I think Trump, a real serious threat, to the general Jezebel spirit, end quote, Rick Joyner. Okay. Uh, Can I mention to you all that the Jezebel spirit and the spirit of Jezebel and to be like a Jezebel and a Jezebel has been a slur used against African-American women for nigh on a hundred years. Here in the United States of America, can I just mention that to you? Can I just mention that to you? Can I mention to you that uh, 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 Jezebel is used in Hoodoo? Uh, you know, uh, you could you can pick up a copy of Hoodoo Bible Magic or a copy of the Sporting Life um, of, from from a nearby supplier, Lucky Mojo. Uh, and, and, and read up on things that I've said about both of these things in there, okay? So in other words, why, why bring this up, Professor Porterfield? Well, the reason I bring it up is this. I bring it up because <clears throat> clearly some of these people feel that there is a spiritual component to what's going on as well. So what do we do now? What we do now is we organize, we get ready, we support each other, we help each other, we vote, 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 vote until the very moment that they won't let us vote. We resist in every way we can, and we do this unless we do this. This whole place is like a ghost town. We'll be back with more in just a moment. Oh, yes. And the winner of the name it and claim it on that one, ladies and gentlemen, was Christy XP, who correctly stated that it was Ghost Town by The Specials. So she gets uh, the cookie. Although we're going to send a macaroon out to Chad Willingham as well. And you know, that's from back a while back. The specials were a checkerboard ska group. If you happen to know what that is, I do. They began as a Rocksteady group, but they are, in fact, best known as a checkerboard ska group. And that was their 12-inch. That was the 12-inch version of a Ghost Town. And, you know, they back in the day when they made that, they were just trying to do what we're all trying to do, send out a signal.
2: signal? Why, that's the LMC Radio Network on the air! The LMC Radio Network broadcasting around the globe, bringing news, information, education, and entertainment to all! It's the LMC Radio Network in the vanguard.
0: The LMC Radio Network is a media alliance whose excellent shows include The Lucky Mojo Hooter a power with Catherine Ironwood and Conjuman Ali, Sundays, 3 to 4.30. Tendola's Corner with Candelo Cambisa and Michael Correll, Mondays, 5 to 7. The Crystal Silence League Hour with John St. Germain, Tuesdays, 5 to 6. In the Streets with Beverly Smith, Tuesdays, 6 to 7. Fit and Foxy with Madame Nadia and Jaya Dania, Wednesdays, 6 to 7. The Now You Know Show with Professor Charles Porterfield, Thursdays, 6 to 7.30. The Witch the Priestess and the Cauldron with Elvira Love and Phoenix Lefay, Fridays, 6 to 7. And Liquid Libations with Andrea Weston, Saturdays, 5 to 7. All-time specific at three hours for Eastern. sponsored by the Lucky Mojo Curio Company in Forestville, California and online at luckymojo.com. Oh, yes, and we send out our dear thanks to uh, Troll Towelhead Chief Engineer here at the LMC Radio Network for that update of our shows here each and every week. Now we're going to do something a little different, because here's a word from our sponsors. From, well, me. That's right. Normally it's somebody else, but tonight... I drew the short straw. Hello, friends. This is Professor Porterfield, here to talk to you about the Lucky Mojo Curio Company of 6632 Covey Road, Forestville, California. Friends, did you know that Lucky Mojo is both an online magical shop and a real magical store that you can visit? It's true. I've been there. They carry a full line of handmade spiritual supplies, including occult oils, incense... Powders, candles, herbs, mojo bags, spiritual soaps, books, and spell kits. For those who cast magic spells, love spells, money spells, and protection spells in the African American hoodoo, pagan magic, and other witchcraft traditions. Who am I talking about? I'm talking about the Lucky Mojo Curio Company of 6632 Covey Road, Forestville, California. Won't you take some time and go and visit them? You can bring the family. The kids will love the train set. And you can sit and watch it go around and around all day as a beautiful parade of colorful cars cast by your eyes. And then, the world's smallest church. That's right, the Missionary Independent Spiritual Church, located right there on the grounds of the Lucky Mojo Curio Company, and spend a few moments in quiet meditation and prayer before going on inside the shop and browsing through the beautiful antique aisles at thousands of items from all across the world at 6632 Covey Road, Forestville, California. But if you can't make it in person, friends, don't be sad because you can get to them online. That's right. At www.luckymojo.com And you can browse online through their magnificent and terrific catalog, looking at every product that they carry and ordering it right there with a touch of your finger or a click of your mouse to be brought to you in the convenience of your own home. Once again, dear friends, that's the Lucky Mojo Curio Company of 6632 Covey Road, Forestville, California, or online at luckymojo.com. And don't forget, This year, located at the premises will be the 2017 10th Annual Hoodoo Heritage Festival with workers, teachers, and lecturers from all across the world talking about all sorts of magic and the preservation of this great tradition that we call Hoodoo. When you go, tell them Professor Porterfield sent you. Thanks. Up next, before we run out of time tonight, we're going to talk a little bit about a rabbit's foot. Why? Well, I thought we could all use a little luck. Oh, yeah. Thought we could all use a little, little luck. So we're going to be talking about a rabbit's foot. They come in all sorts of colors. You don't just have to get one. From a white rabbit. Plane with White Rabbit. And wow, so many macaroons and so many cookies to give out. Oh, uh, Let's see here. Okay, uh, I'm just going to take it from the top and do the best we can here. Macaroon for Troll Towelhead for naming the song. Macaroon for Troll Towelhead for naming the group. Macaroon, uh, let's see, da 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 da. Cookie! Cookie! Cookie for Chad Willingham for naming the group and the song together. Uh, the first time, and then just a, a, a whole bunch of a ma- uh, a macaroon for Catherine Ironwood for having noted that sometimes Grace Slick is the only one credited instead of Jefferson Airplane. Um, so, yeah, and then, and then macaroons for everyone. Like I said, it doesn't necessarily have to come from a white rabbit, but we're going to talk about the power of the rabbit's foot. Considered to be extremely lucky For hundreds and hundreds of years The rabbit's foot Has been carried as an amulet Believed to be uh, Capable of bringing good luck And this belief is held by A number of different cultures From around the world Including Europe, Northern Europe Southern Europe, East Europe, West Europe China, Africa, North And South America And Although there is some debate and argument, it is generally held that the belief has pretty much existed in Europe, at least, since around 600 BCE amongst the Celtic peoples. There are a number of variations about the rabbit's foot, in particular relating to how the rabbit's foot should be gathered and which particular foot off of the rabbit it is. One will often hear that it is the left hind foot of the rabbit that is to be used as a charm. At least one hears this specifically more often in American folk belief and in hoodoo, that it is the left hind foot. Then one hears that uh, the rabbit should have been caught, captured, shot, or killed in a cemetery or that it should be a rabbit who comes from a cemetery, has its dwelling place in a cemetery. Then one also hears that sometimes the phase of the moon is important. Uh, Some say the rabbit must be taken in the full moon. Others hold that the rabbit must be taken in the new moon. Uh, Some say that it must be taken on a Friday, or a rainy Friday, or Friday the 13th. And then there are even some very rarefied folk myths that say the rabbit should be shot with a silver ball, or a silver bullet, or a silver pellet. And then finally, some say that the foot must be cut off while the rabbit is still alive. So there are a variety, a variety of different discussions going on here, different information going on. No matter what, we know that the rabbit's foot, dried and preserved, is often carried by gamblers and others who seek to have luck brought to them. Uh, rabbit's feet uh, have been sold for generations. Sometimes you see that the rabbit's foot has been dyed a variety of colors, which matches a certain condition. So in other words, a green rabbit's foot to bring luck with money. Uh, you also see a yellow's rabbit's foot for that, red rabbit's foot to bring luck with love. Etc. Etc. et cetera. Historically, um, there has been some fame around the rabbit's foot. Uh, 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 Theodore Roosevelt uh, was given a gold-mounted rabbit's foot by John L. Sullivan. Uh, uh, there is an anecdote. It may be, we don't know if it's true or not, from 1905 that tells that Booker T. Washington and uh, Baron Lundsatz uh, Hingelmuller, who was the ambassador from Austria, Um, were both at the White House to speak with President Roosevelt and got their overcoats mixed up between the two of them when they left, and uh, the Baron took Booker T. Washington's overcoat. Booker T. Washington took the Baron's, and that the Baron did not notice, the ambassador did not notice that the coat he had taken was not his until he went through the pockets to find his gloves and instead found the left hind foot of a rabbit. Uh, So... This comes up a lot. We find it in many blues lyrics. The Rabbit's Foots mention uh, in uh, There'll Be a Hot Time in the Old Town Tonight, which was uh, once popular in minstrel shows. The line in that song goes, and you've got a rabbit's foot to keep away the hoodoo. Uh, there's also Rabbit's Foot by Blind Lemon Jefferson. Uh, that list goes, of course, on and on and on. And, of course, all of us have often repeated, whether we knew it or not, the humorist R.E. Shea, who is credited with being the one to come up with the witticism that, uh, you know, you can depend on the rabbit's foot if you will. But remember, it didn't work for the rabbit. However, to get a rabbit's foot working, most folks say that it needs to be dressed and the most popular substance to dress a rabbit's foot with is, of course, Van Van Oil, uh, which is wildly and widely popular in the South to anoint ambulance of all. And that once it has been anointed and awoken, a rabbit's foot may be carried in a pocket or in a mojo bag or worn as a keychain or as a watch fob. And you will often find rabbit's feet that have had the a prepared end of them have a keychain attachment attached to them or an attachment for a watch fob. Not so much anymore. Uh, I can tell you most of the time I I find that people don't even know what a watch fob is. Uh, I do. A rabbit foot can be used in a mojo for luck, love, and money. For this, you would uh, take a rabbit's foot for luck, a small nutmeg for money, and three tonka beans for love. And putting them together, this makes a very strong and naturally sweet-smelling, all-purpose luck-drawing mojo. You would put this in a red flannel bag and dress that red flannel bag for fast with fast luck oil. And that helps with love, luck, and money. That's one thing you can do with a rabbit's foot. You can also, for luck at gambling with cards, shooting dice, or picking numbers, can make a gambling hand using a rabbit's foot. Three playing cards, which would be the seven of hearts, seven of diamonds, and seven of clubs, or the indices, the corners cut from those cards. Those cards you would dress with Hoyt's cologne. Then, You would take your rabbit's foot, a pair of bone dice, and a mercury dime, and dress them with Van Van oil. And then finally, you would take a lucky hand root, a buckeye nut, and a small bit of Irish moss, dress those with whiskey, and carry all of these in a green flannel bag that you had closed and tied closed with seven knots, dressing the bag with Hoyt's cologne or whiskey from time to time and carrying it on you when you go out gambling and that would help you with both cards dice and picking numbers the unfortunate part of the rabbit's foot is that and obviously many people will say well the unfortunate part is the rabbit dies yes that that is true that is unfortunate and we're pretty sure the rabbit dies because you don't see a lot of little rabbits out there with you know three paws crutches, little wheels and stuff like that. So I'm pretty sure, yeah, the rabbits are dying. But that's not what I was going to say. The unfortunate part of the carrying of a rabbit's foot is that it has been greatly disabused, greatly abused, greatly used in a negative way against African Americans in this country. And you see it time and time again. In fact, one questions whether the anecdote about Booker T. Washington is even true or not. It makes a humorous story, but is it true? Is it true or did the newspaper at the time print the story as a slur against Booker T. Washington? The
3: inclusion
0: of an African-American individual carrying a rabbit's foot on them is often used and has often been used in the past by media as a way of defaming african-americans a way of showing them as being primitive superstitious and ill educated it has not been solely used against african-americans that way it has been used against a lot of people that way in fact it is one of the most popular how do i want to put this kind of nice slurs like oh they still carry rabbit's feet or depiction of a character in a movie or a story or a play as being superstitious and ignorant because they carry a rabbit's foot certainly however that slur has been used more against african americans to the point that many african americans at this juncture will not carry a rabbit's foot or associate the carrying of a rabbit's foot as a a suggestion that they are, again, primitive, stupid, superstitious. Uh, There's even a line in the 1970s movie Shaft in which, as a rebuke to some racism, uh, the private detective Shaft says, my friends don't carry rabbit's feet no more either. So this did become an issue within the African-American community, and it's unfortunate that many people will not have anything to do with the rabbit's foot anymore because of it. I hope that you'll take some time this week to go out and look at that rabbit's foot. We can all use some luck these days and think about it a bit. I mean, this is a very old thing. We—I I just told you that some sources cite it going back in Europe to 600 BCE. That's 600 years before the current era. Okay. In other words, that's 2,617 years ago. That's quite a time. It's longer than you know the reign of Christianity. So think about it. Go and study it. See how it came to America. See how it was involved in China. See how it was involved in Africa. Go and look up the stories of Rabbit and consider it. Our In the Kitchen section comes to us each and every week from the excellent book Hoodoo, Herb, and Root Magic, a Materia Magica of African American Conjure by Miss Catherine Ironwood and our own knowledge, and we thank her for its use and inclusion in the show each and every week. It is a wonderful addition. This has been an odd show. I admit it. It's been a strange and unusual show. It's been a strange and unusual show for a strange and unusual week. In the last six days, our president has acted in bizarre, seemingly disjointed manners. He has passed decrees. He has done things. and. The one thing I want to discuss with you before I go is this. People say and have said to me all week, do we do now? What do we do now? How do we get through this? How do we, what about these people that are blind? How do we keep our eyes open? What do we do about those that won't keep their eyes open? And I say to you this, we must call out hypocrisy. We must call out hypocrisy. We must call out hypocrisy. And I will give you the one that I'm working on right now. I'm working on this in the material world with my words, with my art, with my voice. I'm doing it right now with my social media. And I am also working on this one spiritually. It's on my workspace as we speak. And it is this. The other day, President of the United States Donald J. Trump, a white president, said that if the city of Chicago – he defined it no more than simply Chicago – does not address its current crime wave that it is experiencing with assaults and murders, problems with guns, he will do something about it. He will send in the feds. All right. Now, how is that hypocritical? Why don't we just say, what a
5: wonderful president. He's going to take care of that.
0: Well first of all, what feds is he gonna send in? The FBI already has a goddamn office in Chicago. All right? And these aren't federally violating crimes, so the FBI's not involved. CIA operates in foreign countries, so they're not involved. NSA, if we really don't think they're gonna be dealing you know, really, that's the NSA's answer. Who the hell is he talking about? Fish and game? Who's he talking about? Fish and game? No. What is he talking about? He's talking about he's talking about the DEA? No. He's talking about the ATF? Maybe he's talking about the National fucking Guard. Why is the National Guard sent in? Well, the National Guard is sent in under martial law. So he's talking about violating passe comitatis. He's talking about sending in federal force of some nature to deal with a gun situation in Chicago. Now, why do I bring this up? I bring this up because I guarantee you That if eight months ago, the black president of the United States, Barack Obama, had said, if this American city doesn't do something about its gun problem, I'm sending in the feds, all of these people who voted for Trump would have lost their fucking minds. And they would have said, he's coming for our guns. He's a dictator. He's a dictator. And now they have no problem with it. And that, my friends, is hypocrisy. So battle it as best you can. And remember, my friends, oh, no, this is not the end. Ah, this is not the end.
1: Uh, It is not even the beginning
0: of the
2: end. Uh, But it is perhaps the end of the beginning. The cattle and don't back the food wet I'm on down to Dallas train Carl Kitty i am into through the territory in Kansas City and Kansas City
4: Louis, and Louis, Chicago I'm on my
2: Exit Wagon, horse Kansas, Kansas City. So, dear you, then I changed cars and jumped in sooner.
4: <laughs> I'm on springfield, I'm all about.